So we got rudely interrupted by the phone, Albert. Yeah, okay. But you were just, um, to paraphrase you, because you've got all this education in international development, basically solutions created from, or projects created from other other people or other regions sometimes can be ineffectual that those that are created that are that are based on the needs of a community probably have a better chance of being sustainable mm, I yeah I, I would agree with that but in the case for example of uh, of many developing countries if you look at if you look at uh, uh, their situation, most of them are so much reliant on the natural resources for subsistence. Yes. And at the time when we were, I, I, I think I did stop on, 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 on the strategic planning. That's, that's what I initiated. We, uh -huh. we, I run a training, I run a strategic planning training yes. uh, that is like to help my colleagues envision where do we want to see the project by the by the end of five years, okay. what we want to see happening in the communities. So uh, uh, we did that, and then we started we started going full blast, organizing the communities. And there, it, it was just reiterated that some of the policies were in fact uh, counterproductive to the people. Like, oh, uh, yeah, like can you give me an in, example? In the Tonlisop, in the Tonlisop, just just a case in point, the law itself restricts them from engaging. Into commercial fishing, oh. they can do they can do uh, they can do fishing, but it has to be confined within the needs of the family only. They can't by law they they're not allowed to sell the fish. Oh, so we it's have that basically subsistence fishing only. That we've had that example in Canada with our First Nations community and how they've had to change yeah. are in the process still in the process. So if you create a fisheries project with an economy based on fisheries, but they can't sell the fish because the laws don't allow yeah, them to. Yeah. So then you have to go back to the laws. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's really the sad, sad part there. Another thing is that there is a massive conversion of, of, of fisheries into agriculture. So there's like speculative investment ongoing. So the people were really losing the fishing ground. So you can just imagine the immediate impact of this to them. Uh, okay, I'm a bit confused. So I'm I'm uh, living in uh, a rural area, yeah. and I'm fishing for my family. Yeah. And what did you mean by agriculture was impacting that? This Pollution? is inundated. This is inundated area. Inundated. When I say inundated, covered with water. Oh, okay. All right. A certain season. Yes. So these are these are like not just not just abundant when it comes to fisheries resources, but agriculture as well. Oh yeah, so oh. there is massive conver uh, uh, conversion, and as a result of that, they're cutting trees, the flooded forests. <gasps> oh so, my gosh! So yeah, they're, they're, so they're, they're creating dikes and stop. Are they diking or what uh, are they doing? How are they stopping the water from coming in, or are they just? No, they they cut them so that they can plant rice and vegetables. Oh okay. Yeah, so oh, if rice. they do that, it's a common property. Yet when when these areas are cleared. These are like people given preferential preferential treatment by the government. So eventually people, they lose their lands, oh. their fisheries as well. They're limited into subsistence fishing. Uh, what else is there for them? So this is, this is what the project is for. 
to promote equitable access to the fisheries, to the resources, preserve the natural environment, and enable the people have a say in decision making, as well as uh, how the how do they think the the fishery should should best be managed? So that that's what we did. The the what the good thing is that the training that I've introduced to my colleagues, we were bringing bringing them down in the community. So the the community people themselves would have a vision of what do they want to do, what do they want to see, and what what kind of actions do do they want to 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 put up to be able to protect and properly soundly manage the natural resources. So as I said, I'm going back to the premise that I've mentioned a while back. If you see the natural resources, to them, it's not just for recreational purposes. This is their culture. This is their food. Everything. Okay. Yeah. So what we did was to strengthen the local organizations, the communities. We formed fisheries. We, we call them uh, 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 fisheries groups or cooperatives? No, they're they're actually local organizations. Okay. We haven't set set up cooperatives yet because just just the mere uh, uh, term cooperative it didn't have a, a good connotation to them because it oh. started during the the Cameroon uh, time. So ah. the mere mention of that people would would suddenly be I mean they would like feel turned off. So anyway. We strengthen them. Uh, it is like it is. This is with an end view that 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 their access to the resources would 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 would, would increase. They could be able to put a, a, like halt to to the the massive clearing of the flooded forests through very active community participation. And we could we could help them come up with livelihoods projects that would not just be supplemental, but eventually would be alternative to fishing. But of course, when we talked about this, it's basically just supplemental because you cannot you cannot actually replace the livelihood that they derive from fishing. Yes. So uh, the impact of this is just I mean, if if you can just imagine without without fishing ground. Yes. Without fishing ground, there is no catch. If there is no catch, what happened to the family? They don't have access to health. They don't have children. Don't have access to education. That's why, if you ask, for example, a, a, a kid or say a, a, a young adult, "Why are you fishing?" I do not know why I'm fishing. All I know is that I inherited this job from my from my father, and my father inherited this to to his to to his father. So you can just imagine the poverty, the culture of silence, and as well as the apathy. Okay. The choices are gone. <laughs> You know, some really, really wise um, uh, alumni, I met uh, Juanita Tupper a while ago. Yeah. She was a board member of CUSO, and she said, the work we do is providing, helping to provide people with choices. Yeah. And, you know, in the end, what the way you summarize that is just crystal clear. For example, a Canadian today has choices, whether they go into have yeah. an education whether they take medical care, but um, the way you've described this particular population or group of people, they lack those choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and and the chat, I, I I've taken some pictures and 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 the images of women and and men, youth, children are, are still very fresh in my mind. Like there's this there's this lady who was like wailing 
when 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 the community could not stop the constant clearing of the flooded forest because this you can say you can say this it's like tantamount to to this dislocating the community yeah it's like synonymous to saying we're, we're depriving you of your livelihood and for people who are very much reliant on natural resources for everything i mean this is like a significant loss for them and and the children yeah. that's why the visioning is very important because we 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 are trying to to draw hope in them this is something that you do not impose but you 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 we, we were helping them like draw a picture of what it would be like if the natural resources are protected and most of them would say if the natural fisheries are protected we can see concrete roads because all the i mean roads are really like dirt road very rough we can see we can see having access to the market okay roads being access to market yeah yes. and then we can see our, our schools we can see our children going to schools and we can have we can we, we, we can we can see ourselves having access to health services as well so but we do not stop the visioning alone we 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 would be we, we were helping them like define what kind of actions do they need to do then if this is the vision that they would want to see happening in the community so they they would come up with 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 specific activities concrete activities that would help them define that but since this is like development work i always believe it is a game of number yes really it is like when i, I, I have a, a my, my my background is in fisheries oh, okay yeah uh, in the philippines in the philippines uh -huh. we were doing coastal zoning uh resource management and one one of the things i realized you see sea urchin for example they can only reproduce if like there's a critical mass yes i am i i this i realized if you oh if you assign commercial value to something just like in cambodia the uh -huh. depletion goes faster so there is that community that lost the, the the sea urchin because of the demand and in cambodia we were always telling them you don't have to look very far me being an outsider i don't have i don't have to 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 actually spend some substantive amount of time to check what species of fish fish are already in danger or you don't have any more endemic fish i just have to go to the market if i can see that the fish is is expensive it means to say you almost don't many. have them it means to say wow, you're losing them that's amazing okay so I so get that yeah it was it was very it was very good because it really enhances their stake in the natural resources hmm. and also links them to 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 like being there's that culture of silence in Cambodia that if they're before a local official or say uh, 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 an educated person normally they don't speak but we were evoking them to say something because if they don't speak then who will speak for them and how, and how did they uh how did they uh, speak to you? Like, how come they spoke to you? I was, you know, I, I would always be in the communities. Alright. I, I, I was so blessed because my relationship with my colleagues, it was so strong. That even the local, you know, the FAO, normally they listen to their, to the foreign expatriates. Yes. 
but but our team was was really solid even the local counterparts we 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 we, we would make our own blueprint and we would follow that bl- blueprint and since my 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 director uh you know my because government employees they receive twenty dollars or even less sometimes a month so you can just imagine how how minimal the salary is normally many of many of them have have second job and you cannot get them to work on weekends but then you know working with them they realize that there are less fortunate people so in the process you know I was able to I was able to get them to work with me even on weekends oh and even on holidays sometimes wow because because they I mean uh, I think vision is not something that that you that, that can be imposed it is something that you have to catch yourself so this is this is like the beauty of the work because there is that commitment of of, of of seeing though these are like government officials and sometimes they they, they they're normally subservient to their upper up I mean to, to their to the higher authorities yeah. but but we we, we 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 all put premium on on, on help working together with the people so we, we, we put so much emphasis on community organizing and making sure that all the necessary elements that would strengthen the, the, the people come up with, with, say, guided decisions. We set them in place. So um, uh, hmm. we all, I, also org- I was able to organize the NGOs doing, I mean, involvement in fisheries. So this is this is to avoid having a divide or dichotomy. So we, all organizations working together for for the well-being of, of, of fishers, women, we can maximize the resources. So my my office, my, my my the project that I was in, and and the NGOs we meet once a month. So wow. again, this was really an opportunity because uh, normally the NGOs they would speak backdoor, but that provided an opportunity to have a dialogue between government. Because the project that I was in, the Tonlisap Environmental Management Project, this consists of mainly government officials. Okay, so government, other NGOs? NGOs, engaged in fisheries management, livelihoods development. We, we, we form a group that meets once a week, I mean once a month. So we, we have common strategies and we were able to maximize resources. Like they would ask us to, to help them. Like I would be asked to run trainings uh, uh, and then on, on issues like patrolling surveillance if there were if there were like issues that they think the the fish wardens were like complacent and are getting grease money from from illegal illegal fishers bribes, yeah. bribes. Uh, those are the things that are openly discussed in the meeting before those things were not happening so wow. that was like to me one of the one of the things that we were able to accomplish together i wouldn't say uh, me because it was like a collective it was a collective effort and it was like a, a recognition that that has to be done so wow. it didn't end there we came up with with fundraising activities that would directly help the community fisheries when i say community fisheries i'm referring to the to the grassroots organizations we call them by the way cfs community fisheries okay. these are organizations so uh, um, 
I was able to to organize uh, uh, like twice sports events and, and a mini concert to help them. Uh, this is of course one of the accomplishment. I mean, one of the, the I would say because they they realized it is possible to 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 uh, um, to establish to actually consolidate resources locally. You don't have to look overseas, or you don't have to to always write proposals and submit them to to donor organizations. You can you can actually generate from from resources locally. So that that's the message that I was putting across. We don't have to look very far. We can start off with what we have, no matter how small that is. If we use that if we, that's utilized properly, it can do something that's 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 with so much impact, particularly if, if that's like in the hands of the people who yeah. knows exactly I mean, people who know what projects, what actions do they need. So um mm. It was it was really good. It probably is from just I have to say, uh, you're not you're not sitting here listening to him, but um, absolutely um, inspiring the way the energy that you speak with. I was very engaged. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I volunteering for me that's like an opportunity to be of service, uh, and I was just so thankful that I had the opportunity to do that to VSO. I mean, yeah, very thankful to VSO. Yes. So my, my, my expectation then was as a volunteer was really very minimal because I was just so glad that I had that opportunity and to me not 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 all people would have that, that like the privilege of being of service. If I always so, believe that you if you receive much yes. then there is much responsibility as well to share that gift to others. You know what, Albert, I think that in Canada we're very lucky to have you here in Canada. And I can imagine our fisheries and oceans and First Nations communities and people involved in international international um, development would just love to have you work for them. So if there's anyone listening, this guy's a gem. Let's, let's keep him in Canada. And um, from all of us at QSO VSO, thank you so much for your service. And I'll be uh, uh, inviting you to several programs. So I hope that you'll be able to meet more Canadians and realize how amazing your work has been. I haven't mentioned to you that real highlight because okay, I'm really so excited with this. Just this, this one. Yes. The combination of the work ended up with the Community Fisheries Area Management Plan because that's the, the ultimate goal of the project, Asian Development Bank, to come up with Community Fisheries Area Management Plan, and that's something that I, I was able to design because at that time there was no there was no template. So with I worked this out with other volunteers because there were five of us, but I initiated it in my pro in, in my pro province first. I I I I, I like uh, I pilot tested it in, in the villages. So there were five community fisheries. We we formed them together. They were able to. They were the first ones who, who who were who were able to establish a community fisheries area management plan. When I say community fisheries area management plan, they assigned. Like they were able to define uh, endemic fish that they can preserve, fish with commercial value, fish that comes from from the Mekong River when it's like inundated. They were able to 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 to, to also classify the different water bodies and what are the, the the types of resources in them. Wow! And they were also able to assign uh, 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 the the flooded 
flooded forests that are in critical condition, flooded forests with high potential for, for ecotourism. So it's like zoning. That's how a plan looks like. Yes. And you know, the, the, one of the, the, the very encouraging impact of this is that uh, while we were work, working, where we were developing this, uh, I, I was able to help them write a proposal which started a, a micro-enterprise project. Oh! Yeah, so, but this micro-enterprise project, we, 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 we uh, uh, let the mothers, we gave them the upper hand to determine which livelihoods activities they believe they could be able to manage, but they cannot start off because they don't have capital. So it helped them, it helped them open up small micro, I mean, I was a micro enterprise. Some of them invested in, 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 in uh, fishing gears. Just before I left, they were starting to repay already. And what is even the beauty of that since we've, we've seen, you know, the, the beauty of the, the, the inundated forest is just amazing. It's really awesome. I, I always believe that there's so much potential for, for ecotourism. So what we did was we started off what I referred to as, as Batambong Outdoors. Batambong is the province. Outdoors is to show to them the beauty of the inundated forest, the flooded forest. So uh, we were able to introduce the first community-managed ecotourism, provincial ecotourism program. And, and we, we actually attracted local and, and foreign tourists alike. In fact, the first, the first uh, uh, trip that we run, I didn't know that one of them was actually from CNN. Oh my goodness! So what she did, but before that, we had this, this, this project circulated. It was like featured <laughs> in, in, in the major cities in Southeast Asia, like Vietnam, uh, Laos, Cambodia, and Thailand. And then when the actual like, when, when, when because we had to take advantage of the season. Yes. The, 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 flooded, the flood, yeah. the water that comes from, from Mekong, that only happens uh, 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 during a certain period of the year. So we had to take advantage of that. So the first month we took advantage. We actually took us like the second month because we, it was the first time. So we, 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 we actually like had dry run with the community. Like how the food preparation, how to make it really indigenous, how to reflect the culture, what are the areas that we need to show, and the historical significance of that in the in the Tonlesap. So those are the things that we we had to to dry run, and we had to to again vis visit one by one and review with the communities involved. So that's when we, complicated. Yeah, but it was really interesting. Yeah. People were just like it, it's very it was spontaneous. Yes. On, on, on the people and, 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 and with my colleagues as well because they know the, the area very well. So during the, 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 the it was very nice. So the, the people who went, joined most of them were actually like, we call them barangs, barangs in, in, in French. Like, it is a French term they said. They said. No, the, the, the term barang, it is referred to the French. Oh, okay. But if you're white, they, they call you barang as well. Okay. So most of the people who came were barangs. These are like oh. foreigners, whites. So yes. they were so they were so encouraged that that one of one of the the people who joined, uh, as I have mentioned, was was with CNN. So she documented it, and it was I was I was in fact not informed, but some of the volunteers informed me. I was already in the Philippines. Hey, we saw you in CNN. They said. Oh but my like, gosh! Yeah, it was it was like featured, maybe, maybe, 
it was like of course it was like a thorough thorough uh, doc, uh, uh, document that was shown on TV on, uh, in, on CNN, but but it was featured in CNN, and that alone and and my, my some of my colleagues were telling me when I was already in the Philippines that they were they were getting inquiries from their own provinces. They were like asking how they can they can Duplicate. join the chip, the Batambong Outers, join the the chip, oh. the Batambong Outers. Wow. Because, yeah. So that that was like the combination of of my trip, and in fact. Just even when I was already in the Philippines, there is there is this this uh, 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 NGO. It was it was not an NGO, but I think it was like um, it was a foreign-run organization that wanted to 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 uh, uh, come up with a publication on on the tourist areas in 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 in, in Cambodia, and. They wanted the Batambo authors featured in in that in that book, so they were asking me to write wow. to write an article about the project, and yes. they would want that article be included in the in the publication. So I'm going to go backwards, and I'm going to summarize, and uh, for for our listeners, first of all, you you uh, collaborated with partners, included the community, uh, ensured the ideas came from there ensured you had a good understanding of all the resources in the community, Show, um, encouraged them about fundraising within their own community as well as overseas, um, to create an actual plan for a region and to see it come to fruition uh, with a project that may relate to ecotourism. So uh, I am really impressed in three years that you could do that. And uh, thank you so much for all your service. And we'll get an update later from you on more stuff that you've been doing. So welcome back to Canada. Thank you. Okay.